John Edgar Hoover told a White House aide, quote, The thing I am concerned about is having something issued so that we can convince the public that Oswald is the real assassin. End quote. Had Oswald not been murdered, convicting him as the lone assassin would have been very difficult due to scant direct evidence and no eyewitnesses, as well as troves of gradually declassified evidence consistently implicating other people connected to Lee Harvey Oswald's movements and actions. Strangely, these other people were often Lee Harvey Oswald, just not the ones we're always hearing about. Oswald's half-brother, John Pick, told the Warren Commission that he couldn't recognize pictures of Lee Harvey Oswald, the brother he had grown up with, taken in the Marines, at the zoo, or passing out leaflets. Markedly, Pick noted that Lee was thinner, had less hair, and his eyes were more sunken than he remembered his tall, strong brother Lee looking. The discrepancy is not very strange, for the reason that John only rarely saw Lee Harvey Oswald after the age of 13 and also because there were so many Lee Harvey Oswalds, according to people who grew up with Lee, knew him in different cities and countries, and those who served in the Marines with him. There was the short, lanky Lee, and the tall, bull-necked Lee. There was the calm and collected Lee, and the Lee that would get into fights at the drop of a hat. The teetotaling Lee, and the Lee lying on a stoop drunk out of his mind. Richard Bullock, who served with Oswald in Japan, said he was, quote, 30 to 40 pounds heavier and 3 to 4 inches taller than the man accused of killing President Kennedy, end quote. There is the most famous Lee Harvey Oswald, working in the Texas School Book Depository on November 22, 1963, accused of shooting JFK and then murdered himself by Jack Ruby. But during the years leading up to November 22nd, while this Oswald is supposed to be in California, Japan, and the Soviet Union, multiple politely introduced and loudly outspoken pro-communist Oswalds are located and recorded by the FBI and many other witnesses all over the Americas, including Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Mexico, and Cuba. Pilot Valentine Ashworth was Lee Oswald's roommate in New Orleans. The McBeath Rooming House logbook shows that on June 28, 1959, Lee Harvey Oswald signed into Room D in this boarding house in New Orleans. Oswald was simultaneously with the Marines in California. On January 9, 1961, in New Orleans, a bid receipt was written out by Oscar DeSlatt at his dealership for two men trying to purchase multiple trucks for the, quote, Free Democrats of Cuba. End quote. The man with the money introduced himself as Lee Oswald. At the time, Oswald was in Minsk, the USSR. Oswald was living in Dallas with his family in the summer of 1962, having returned from the USSR in June. Across the country in New Orleans during the summer of 1962, several waiters and the doorman of the Two Sisters restaurant in New Orleans knew Lee Harvey Oswald personally and talked to him on multiple occasions that summer. There was the Lee Harvey Oswald who signed a receipt after refueling his boat in Key West, Florida, around May 1961. In May 1961, Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Soviet Union, having just married Marina. Mrs. Gladys Davis met a family friend at her home, who brought along someone who introduced himself as Lee Oswald in Florida in 1959 
while Lee was supposed to be in California. Also during 1961 in Florida, Lee Harvey Oswald was named as part of a team infiltrating a Cuban communist cell, while Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Soviet Union. In May 1961, despite Oswald being in the Soviet Union, a Dr. Luasis, professor of engineering, reports having been introduced to Lieutenant Harvey Oswald in Havana, Cuba. In July 1961, while Oswald was in the Soviet Union, Raymond Carney was recruiting pilots hostile toward Cuba. Carney met a man three times in Texas he identified as Lee Harvey Oswald and reported it to the FBI because Oswald kept asking for the names of the pilots hostile to Cuba. There might seem to be too many Oswalds, but as J. Edgar Hoover pointed out in FBI Memo 124-1010-1011, quote, There is a possibility that an imposter is using Oswald's birth certificate, end quote. Hoover may have suspected that somebody was using Lee's birth certificate, but Hoover had already proved that other people were using Oswald's name. The morning after the assassination, November 23, 1963, J. Edgar Hoover and Lyndon Johnson shared a phone call concerning someone claiming to be Oswald. Luckily, Johnson taped all his phone calls as the president. Unluckily, this particular tape had been erased, and after being examined by an AV forensics team, has been determined to have been deliberately erased. Luckily again, the complete original transcripts of a great many of these tapes are available, and the transcript of this deleted conversation was recorded. Johnson asks Hoover, quote, Have you established any more about the visit to the Soviet embassy in Mexico in September? End quote. Hoover replied, quote, we have up here the tape and the photograph of the man who was at the Soviet embassy using Oswald's name. The picture and the tape do not correspond to this man's voice, nor to his appearance. The case, as it stands now, isn't strong enough to be able to get a conviction. This man Oswald has still denied everything. He doesn't know anything about anything. End quote. The director of the FBI confirms to the sitting U.S. president that an unknown man on video and audio tape is recorded using Oswald's name and going into the Soviet embassy. Hoover then wrote a memo to Johnson about the man using Oswald's name. Quote, Special agents of this bureau, who have conversed with Oswald in Dallas, Texas, have observed photographs of the individual referred to above and have listened to a recording of his voice. These special agents are of the opinion that the above-referred-to individual was not Lee Harvey Oswald. End quote. While this is the best documented evidence and official confirmation of others using Oswald's name, many people saw Oswald's of varying heights, weights, hair colors, demeanor, and behavior in completely different areas than the accused Lee Harvey Oswald is supposed to have been usually at Max 9 in California, a building housing Marines, at Atsugi Base in Japan, where Lee was a radar operator, and in Minsk, where Lee worked in a radio factory in the Soviet Union. From October 1956, when Lee entered the Marines, until June 1962, when Lee returned to the USA with his Russian wife, various Oswalds were registered in hotels and introducing themselves using the name Lee Harvey Oswald, 
as communists in New Orleans, Florida, Mexico, and Cuba. 1955 and 1956 W-2 forms belonging to Lee Harvey Oswald report identification numbers that the IRS says were not established until almost a decade later, in 1964. Lee Harvey Oswald didn't have a driver's license and claimed to have never driven a car. More than a dozen witnesses recall Lee Harvey Oswald driving a car. A barber clearly remembers Lee driving his car to the barber shop, getting his black hair cut, and that Oswald had thick black hair on his arms. The famous Lee Harvey Oswald didn't drive, had brown hair, and did not have thick black hair on his arms. Oswald is placed by eyewitnesses and the FBI as belonging to anti-Castro groups and belonging to pro-Castro groups, passing out leaflets for the opposed parties on different days and even getting arrested when an anti-Castro group he associated with caught him passing out pro-Castro leaflets and started a fight in the street. The pro-Castro leaflets Oswald passed out had the address of an anti-Castro group on them. That group shared the building with a former FBI special agent in charge, Guy Bannister. There is Lee Harvey Oswald, the friend of Jack Ruby. Ruby being the mobster that the FBI tried to recruit eight times as an informant, who murdered Lee Harvey Oswald, apparently without a motive, and is supposed to have had no previous experience or knowledge of Lee Harvey Oswald prior to the JFK assassination. Mabel Marcades, also known as Rose Sheremy, an employee of Jack Ruby's and self-declared conspirator who predicted the Kennedy assassination, as well as Mary Lawrence and Irene Heiss, waitresses acquainted with or working for Ruby, told police departments and the FBI that they saw Oswald and Ruby meet up at restaurants and clubs. A man visiting Jack Rubenstein, a.k.a. Jack Ruby, at the Ruby-owned Carousel Club, saw a letter addressed to Mr. Rubenstein from someone named Lee Oswald. On April 11, 1963, while Oswald was living in Dallas, Jack Ruby went to the Escapades Lounge in Houston with four friends, one of which he introduced to an acquaintance as Lee Harvey Oswald. When Oswald refueled his boat in 1961 in Florida, a Reuben showed up to pay for the fuel with cash. At the time, Jack Ruby, real name Rubenstein, was known to have been smuggling guns to Cuba. Frances Heiss was a waitress at the Carousel Club, where she watched Ruby meet a man named Ozzy, who Heiss recognized after the assassination as Lee Harvey Oswald. Ozzy was a nickname given to Oswald during his time with the Marines in Japan. Robert Roy, Jack Ruby's auto mechanic, said that Oswald and Ruby definitely knew each other and Oswald had driven Ruby's car to his auto shop several times, and Roy himself had driven Oswald to Ruby's club several times. Four other Ruby employees, William Crow, Wally Weston, Dixie Lynn, and Kathy Kay, all say that they saw Lee Oswald and Ruby together at the Carousel Club in the summer of 1963. The Carousel Club is in Dallas. At the time, Lee and Marina were living in a house in New Orleans. At this same time Lee was supposed to be in New Orleans on Magazine Street, Western Union employee Marshall Hicks delivered several telegrams to Lee Harvey Oswald at the Rotary Apartments in Dallas. When lawyer Henry Wade told the press that Oswald belonged to the Free Cuba Committee 
Ruby was present on video and in photographs, and corrected Wade on video, saying, quote, Fair play for Cuba, end quote, the correct name of the pro-Cuban committee Oswald was a part of. Lee Harvey Oswald was in many places, apparently, at the same time. The FBI knew it was happening, and Hoover even thought that the identity theft of Oswald was, quote, one angle that's very confusing, end quote. Too confusing, in fact, to officially investigate, and much too confusing to report to the Warren Commission, or any investigative commission. Multiple people were pretending to be Lee Harvey Oswald in different places at the same time, and made sure that everyone who talked to them knew their name and their political sympathies. People working together with Jack Ruby, the man recruited eight times by the FBI, who eventually went on to murder Lee Harvey Oswald. It was officially concluded that Oswald acted alone. Hoover was right. That is confusing.